Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't have a I'm a feminist, but because I tr- I was practicing some on my boyfriend and he was like, don't say don't say any of those. OK, all right. Well, look, <laughs> you chip in with any or all, including I'm a feminist, but my boyfriend told me I'm not allowed to say any of these. That's okay. quite, that <laughs> is well, quite unfeminist. <laughs> one. <laughs> my boyfriend told me I'm not allowed to share my I'm a feminist, but is, is the best I'm a feminist, but I've ever heard. OK, okay I'm going to start. I'm a feminist, but tonight I was late for this recording because I was buying scatter cushions online. Hey, what a series color? of scatter? Well, I'm so glad you've asked, Alison. Are they this feminist? is now the, the theme of this like show tonight should be scatter cushions. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what happened. Easter weekend, Tom and I did a big clear out, spring clean, mm-hmm. and chucked away a lot of stuff. Because a year in lockdown, a year of not going out, and I get sent a lot of stuff that's, you know, I love and, you know, I want and stuff like that. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, please don't stop sending that. That's no, what Deborah's saying. <laughs> no, don't stop sending things. But sometimes yeah. I've read the feminist books or there's too many that I can't read. So my brilliant friend Ellen Jones took a load of books. She wants a feminist library or was building her feminist library. and. I just, you know what? I've just been staring at the same four walls for a year and I 
I mean, this is not the year to be buying a new sofa. I think we need to be very clear about that as there is very little income coming in. But I just thought I need some, I haven't decorated my flat for 10 years and I just went, I need some new cushions and maybe some rugs, something bright, something else to look at. And I just, in my fit of organisation, I've bought a new cabinet to organise some stuff. There's some stuff that has no place to go and my bedroom was getting a bit like landfill. Um, Yeah. So I've really organised. I've bought an organisation cabinet. I've bought a shoe cabinet. Oh, my God. I bought a shoe cabinet that's going to hang on the side of my wardrobe. You open it and inside you can put 15 pairs of shoes so I'm not scrabbling around on the floor like a student. No, I'm not Carrie Bradshaw now. I open it. No, I'm not. She has a big walk-in wardrobe with shoes, floor to ceiling. I've just got a little cabinet that you pull. It's like a trouser press, only when you open I it up. I have one. They're amazing. Do, do you? Yeah. It causes so much divisiveness in the house, but I think it's incredible. It looks like it couldn't possibly contain as many shoes as it does. Right. And what? And so when you say, like, was your boyfriend like, this is silly to get? I presume it was it. The device is uh, um, bad and ugly and stupid, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's from Ikea. And when I saw it, in, I was staying in an Airbnb in Denmark and I was like, this is how I want to live. Uh, and I was just sort of <laughs> trying to copy that. But is it, is, I imagine yours is dead fancy, Deborah, and made of wood or something. It is made of wood. It's not dead fancy. <laughs> it takes ages to buy things that are ethical, not wildly priced, mm. can get to you in a reasonable amount of time. My bedroom's got eaves, so I can't fit a lot in. I wanted a bedside table that was also a chest of drawers. And you have to look at literally hundreds to find something that's not going to come in 21 weeks. Because by 21 weeks, the, the chaos will over. be back. Oh, the There'll chaos. There'll be vaccines for furniture. Like, it'd be amazing. <laughs> 21 weeks, we're sorted. <laughs> and the chaos will be back. I've got a system yeah. right now. I want to get everything into the system so I start using it. So that's what I've been doing. And that's why I was late, because I was looking at... Pink velvet and floral velvet cushions. That's right. I'm going bold, gang. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but when Jedward tweeted today to be a leader and not a little bitch, I felt that. I want that. I want that tattooed on my neck. I think it's an amazing saying. And I I love Jedward so much. I just want to say they're treasures. I'm a feminist, but can I advise you against a neck tattoo? What, what, a Jedward quote neck tattoo I think would be great in any business meeting they'd be like who's that girl like what's, <laughs> what's her secret stand out. Yes. Are you being, I, I just thought this might be a serious thing because I didn't know Alison had a tattoo that covers most of her lower leg till she showed me <laughs> during the podcast I saw a yeah. cute little picture of it on Instagram and then I saw the actual size of it on the podcast so yeah. now I'm like, is the Jedward thing going to happen? It could. I feel, look, genuinely, be a leader, not a little bitch. It just feels right. It just, uh, Jedward have been woke-based for the past few months and, like, we didn't know. They are uh, pro-trans rights, pro-BLM. They're just amazing boys. They're not just great singers. They're just uh, the best woke base. And they only follow two people. Oh, no, wait, they only follow 89 people on Twitter, and two of them are me and Alison. So maybe we're like big influences on their views. Really? Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so Jedward were tweeting quite um, exciting stuff, and I was going to repeat some of it, but I can't. It's yeah, go on. Can. go on. Yeah, I she can. can. Well, they were, on they were tweeting, basically, they were saying about 
One Direction, loads of them have been forced to be closeted and stuff. Not loads of them, but it was it backed up a lot of stuff I've read online over the years. Furnace massive into blind items online yeah. and stuff. What's blind like, items? I don't know what that is. Oh my god! So uh, here we go. You've tapped in. This is uh, <laughs> you would probably love it. It's basically. Um, Celebrity blind items is all the stuff that doesn't get printed in the media. So my main interest is uh, secretly gay celebrities and the practice of bearding where people still have contracts to have fake relationships. I'm a feminist, but the only female food mascot that I actually like is the laughing cow. Uh, because the rest of the female food mascots I get sexually threatened by. Like they're just... <laughs> They're just too sexy, and I don't. I don't think I could have a good time with a green M M&M. and M. I don't feel that she'd hold my hair back when I got sick. I feel. Uh, I feel that a laughing cow would try, even though she's got hooves. But I feel like she's a good time girl, and uh, I don't trust. I don't trust the caramel bunny oh, or no. the Chiquita banana lady. None of them. None the of them. Caramel t- bunny would say. I'm not like the other girl bunnies. That's exactly what the she caramel would. bunny would be like. I can't think of any other female food mascot. And I think... Uh, Is it possible, Alison? Because mm-hmm. you've told us before about your long-standing <laughs> crush on Mr. Tato, the, the Irish, Irish Tato, man. the Irish crisp uh, uh, <laughs> chap, mm-hmm. who's got a face like a potato, but you fancy the Northern Irish one more because he's got a more of a defined jaw. Yes. Chiseled, he's chiseled. Um, <laughs> is it possible that you think Green Eminem is going to hook up with Mr. Tato, and that's where the real jealousy lies? Yeah, it's well, not actually anything to do with her. It's to do with your <laughs> love of Mr. Tato and your fears around just... their burgeoning love, which, frankly, you have no business interfering with because love is love is love. I feel I feel like the green M M&M and M is like Jolene. She can have any man she wants. She's got two different M and Ms there, you know, the <laughs> yellow one and the red one. And yeah, I, I feel she would do it just to like, just to make a statement to me to go like, you could never have him, even though it's wrong for potato and chocolate to get together. Like it would be an abomination. Oh my god! It would that be sounds like something people would say in the fifties. I don't. Th- yeah, it does. It does. I don't think <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> Fern Brady, do you have any hyperfeminist butts that you'd like to share with the class? I did think of one. Uh, I I'm a feminist, but my teen idol has started following me on Instagram and watches all my stories. So I've stopped posting any stories that are honestly me and just started posting ones where I'm all cutie patootie and like oh. <laughs> sort of girly fern. And I hate myself. Who's the teen idol? Are we allowed to know? You wouldn't have known about him because he's so obscure, but it was the lead singer of a band that I had a shrine to um, in my bedroom. And he now just watches my Instagram stories. And now uh, it's back in my head that we're going to get married. Yeah. I'm yeah. against yeah. marriage. That is the, the next step. If you're against marriage. <laughs> yeah, but 14, 14 year old me was like, we're 100% going to get married as soon as he gets over the fact that I'm underage. <laughs> I think you're safely overage now, Fern Brady. Do you know what the most disgusting thought is? Is that he's seen my comedy because I don't want anyone I fancy to have seen my comedy because mm. it's basically like, here's every reason you shouldn't date me. <laughs> Obviously, John Ham, if you are listening, which you know that I talk about you on this podcast, a few people have told you because they've told me they've told you. So if you do regularly <gasps> oh listen, God. which is a possibility, 
It's all jokes. I'm a very chill person. If you just wanted to go for a drink as friends when you're in London and chat, I would not fangirl. I would be the chillest person you'd ever met. If you did want to invite me to a spa weekend <laughs> in the south of France, I would be chill. I would just go and get a massage. We could just chat, eat some baguette. I don't know. Like what? The one baguette. Between you. <laughs> eat, eat some baguette now sounds phallic and like an innuendo, and it's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. It's not what I meant, John Ham. It's not what I meant. I just meant chill, be friends. I'm not weird. That's what I meant. Have you done some sort of thing about like ham sandwich, like wanting to be a ham sandwich or anything like that? No. I feel, yeah. No, I'm I, really classy, Alison. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's you telling John Ham that, isn't it? You're like, yeah. Psychically, you're going to Jan. Don't meet Alison, mate. Like she'll do sandwich jokes. No, I, listen, you meanwhile. listen. If you get together with John Ham, you're basically the green M M&M and M to me. <laughs> and he is Mr. Northern Irish Tato, and it's over between us. It's over. I mean, we can't be friends after that. You know how I feel. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a feminist, but yeah, I decided today I would be happier if I were an interior designer called Charlotte, who didn't know anything about feminism didn't understand anything about injustice and just cared about scatter cushions and interesting textiles with wonderful tactile qualities. So you were making up a new life for you. You were role-playing as someone who didn't care about feminism. I would love to do that. I just, I don't know why I have to have a new name and hashtag all the Charlottes out there who listen to the show. Hello. Welcome. Hashtag not all Charlottes. Oh no, obviously not. There's many brilliant Charlottes feminist charlotte's but in this scenario i am an mm. interior designer called charlotte i think because i think it's quite a posh name and yeah. i don't know anything about anything except i know how to drape a fabric and i'm just not plagued with concern i don't worry about things i think happiness and contentment would be there wouldn't it i mean it'd be privileged it'd be absolutely privileged yeah but this is a fantasy you're having so it's I good am, to I'm, fantasize it's true i rarely <laughs> i rarely fantasize about not being privileged to be honest I, I tend my fantasies go in a more privileged direction, less very rarely a less privileged direction. I'll be yeah. honest. You're not you're not a person in an indie band because they often you know fantasize about being less privileged and then cosplay as like working class people. When I was just actually, thinking that. Wait, yeah. the brain. Um, to get, they they do that to give because they want their pasts to have some texture and color mm. and richness mm. to it. They don't want to be poor right now. I'm a feminist, but. My autocorrect is not, because earlier I texted the word feminist and it turned it into fem idiot. Wow. Yeah, not inclusive language, firstly, not inclusive language. And secondly, excuse me, it's like turning it into feminazi. I don't think so. I don't think so, iPhone. I don't think. Also, by the way, I've had this iPhone for the whole of lockdown and it still half the time doesn't recognize my face with my glasses on. Every time it happens, I think, if you don't know me by now, <laughs> you ever, 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 etc. You always have to take off your glasses looking into your phone like you're shocked at, you know, in action films where there's an explosion in the distance or there's a big dinosaur eating the skyline and you have to go like, like oh, that. Yes. That's what I'm doing with my phone all the time is taking it off in shock. I'm a feminist, but I hate the saying there's a place in hell for women who don't help other women because I don't like some other women and I don't want to help them. And I should feel OK <laughs> about that. I feel it's not real funny, but that's how I feel. You know? No, I understand. I don't want to go to hell. 
Well, also, whenever they say there's a special place in hell, I think, oh, is it like a VIP room? Like yeah. it sounds a special place in hell sounds better than just a place in hell. Like I know it's meant to sound like a worse place, but it sounds to me special. Maybe that's because you and the person you're not helping are both going to hell and they want to keep you separate. You know, they don't want it to be awkward in hell. They want you to be tortured, but they don't want like social awkwardness. <laughs> I love the idea that the devil's worried about the seating plan. Yeah, I would be if the I was plasma. the devil. Um, <laughs> From a variety of bedrooms and kitchens via Zoom, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Alison Spittle, and our very special guest, Fern Brady, talking about embarrassment. Woo! This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah yeah. Ross's White, with me is Alison Spittle, and we are talking about embarrassment. Woo. I'm going to cut straight to the guest because it seems yeah. like there's no point talking about this without our guest. Our guest today is a comedian and writer who has appeared on countless TV and radio shows, including the Russell Howard Hour and Live at the Apollo. In 2020, she and fellow comedian Alison Spittle started a podcast for the BBC called Wheel of Misfortune. One of my favourite podcasts. So Thank funny you. that once I was having my makeup done yeah. by a makeup artist for a TV show. Not to brag, but I was. And, uh, <laughs> We had to turn it off because we could not get the job done. We, I was laughing and she was laughing. So my face was moving and her hand was moving. And I was really in danger of some very shoddy eyeliner. So we literally had to pause it. Also, The Guardian recently asked me, what is your funniest podcast? Because we're doing a list of funniest party funny podcasts. I said, well, Millie of Misfortune by Fern Brady and Alison Spittle. I said, she said, you can't have that. Someone else has already said it first. Ooh, yes. Yes, we heard about that. <laughs> Thank That's you. right, my friend. That's right, my friend. So I went with... The okay, I'm a feminist, but I went with Zach Braff and Donald Faison's show, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I find it really funny. I'm sorry, it reminds me of a simpler time. Please welcome <laughs> the incredible Fern Brady. Woo! Hi, I'm so happy you're here. Zach Braff seems like a lovely man, though. I just, I just should recommend if I've given an opportunity to the Guardian, I should recommend a woman's podcast or a a, a, a podcast of a person of a minority gender. But they asked for funniest podcast. I said to you guys, and then they said no, and I panicked. And I said, also, okay, I'm a feminist, but I've recommended it in the press a few times, Fake Doctors, Real Friends by Zach Braff and Donald Faison, partly because I think eventually they're going to notice. They're going to go, who's this person who's always recommending us, who also Mm -hmm. seems to be very glamorous in Britain and well-known? We should invite her on as a guest. Yeah. And then probably when yeah. they come over, when the pandemic's done, we'll probably all have dinner. He goes out with Florence Pugh. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be great. I think uh, they I feel think... like a, they've got a good vibe. I feel like, you know, we'd all get on. Zach Braff goes out with Florence Pugh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. We see it ain't in a blind item, is it? They're public about it. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But isn't Zach Braff like 50? Yeah. Yeah. It has been commented on that he's like, I think he's like 46 and she's 26 or something like that. So, yeah, I think it has, it hasn't gone unnoticed. But we're cutting, I'm a feminist, but we're cutting that part out because otherwise he's not going to invite me for dinner. Yeah. Also, John John Hamm's going out with like a 32-year-old or something. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, I have a chance then. I'm 31. (laughs) (laughs) I I I do like him. 
Hold on. Who has he just... gone out with? Oh, Deborah's googling this in real well, time. Well, because he was go- he was going out with um that w- the same woman for a long, long time for like twenty years. From Kiss and Jessica Stein. She yeah, was in a. Did you see that? He film? was always in blind items for having a big willy and being a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful oh, combination. She that's right, I remember this now. She had a, a small, very small part of the last episode ever of Mad Men. Um, oh yeah. as a receptionist, a hippie receptionist. Yes. And now they she looks nice. Good She's 32, her. he's 49. I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's hard to judge. If I I, I don't see why you wouldn't go out with John Ham or Zach Braff if you're like over 18. I mean, yeah, the, I'm just thinking, sorry, I still think of myself as 20 and think of older men going out with me as dodgy, but I'm just thinking now the older you get, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't go out with Woody Allen, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good well, if I went out with a 50-year-old now, that would be okay. I'm 34. Yeah. It I mean, would be socially would, acceptable, yeah. It would I'm be lovely if men did go you. out with women in their age group. That would be a nice thing, but they're not going to, so let's not hope for it. What I love about your podcast is you just put it all out there. What I think it is very good at is you tell your own embarrassing stories on Theme of the Week. You get your listeners to voice note in their embarrassing stories, and then you have a guest on. I did an embarrassing story. It's just so funny and just so joyful. And what I love about it is it's sort of like shame-releasing. So the whole idea of I'm a feminist but is exfoliate the guilt before it becomes shame because shame is luggage that you have to carry in the body. And if you have got guilt about something, it doesn't actually matter. It's just let it go, expel it, exfoliate it. You're exfoliating shame at a much greater rate than I am. You're penetrating it. Like, it's an acidic peel. It's a real acidic peel. You'd have to go to a licensed practitioner <laughs> to do what you're doing with shame. It wouldn't be okay. Just It's not at home, just a bit of grainy stuff that you bought at Boots. Like it's proper. I really do see the value in it. I see the benefit in going, I'm human, you're human. Very bad, embarrassing things have happened to me. I've done things that I feel ashamed of. I've done things I've never told anyone, things that I've seen things, things have happened to me. Mm. I said things, like all of those cringy things. It's so human. And I think I've thought for a while that the next stage of feminism is to access the libidinous, lazy, fighting, fucking, feeding human being deep down inside each woman. Like, mm. but that's what I think the appeal of Fleabag was really, was she was unapologetically female and feminine, but it was like the roaring depths, the sort of fight, fuck, feed part of the woman that is human. So it's humanity first and identity second. And I think it's sort of similar stuff that you're accessing on your show. What made you want to come up with it? I don't want to talk in front of you, Fred, and go like, this is what I think it's about. But what I love about my relationship with Fern and our friendship was kind of built on, this feels like I'm commodifying our friendship, but we are for a podcast. <laughs> like, we are. I've is. avoided telling Alison a story because we're going to do it tomorrow on the podcast it's so like before our voice notes were much more freer and we would say stuff straight away to each other but now that we have a podcast together our relationship has changed and uh, I think that'd be a cool thing to talk about on this podcast because I feel like we've never been interviewed at the same time about our podcast before it's kind of us either one of us just talking about oh which one we had a couple of shite ones oh yeah this yeah but this is a good one <laughs> this is like <laughs> <That's>... 
so this is why I think myself and Fern like doing our podcast together or I think we're a good fit it's weird that the wheel of misfortune is one of the only things that I can properly say that I'm very proud of and that I think is a good podcast Aww. I think it's a good product and it's something that you know me and her have come up with with each other and it feels like I've ownership on it and I'm proud of it and I like that how long are we friends for it? I'd say about like four um, years I think I may no wait my first Edinburgh show was 2015 and you had tickets and I, I got you come. some tickets and you didn't come so yes. that was when I first sort of met you I think off and then we went for ice cream in Dublin or something we've yeah. all done that at the Edinburgh Festival though we've all um, but bought I, tickets yeah, for someone's show and not come and hers is on at noon like it was very early yeah, it's never going to happen with best intentions Yeah, people drink too much at the Edinburgh Festival to wake up and though. be at a show at noon I fucked up there. She shouldn't have asked because she didn't even know me. That's true. That's. <laughs> but like, did you take a free ticket, Alison? Yes, I did. I'm yeah. mad for. So I'm like, sold I'm out, bad, Deborah. It was sold out. Yeah. Sure. Wow. I'm a fan. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a 40, 40 seater. So. <laughs> we haven't got over went that quickly. yet. It's still held. <laughs> but um, I'm, I sit, I think fans really let it go. No, I'm <laughs> I really hold on to grudges and I recall them as if they were yesterday. It's awful. <laughs> but anyway, this is what why I think is good because we've laugh about a lot of dark things like when I, um we've had like deaths or stuff in the family. Uh we laugh about it and like yeah. really dark stuff. And wretchedness is really funny. I just think human wretchedness is funny. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've I've got to the point where I've had to pretend that we're not recording so that I can get the stories out. Like I did, there's one out in a recent one. I said something about Adrian Childs, and it's not even it's not dirty or anything. <laughs> um, something happened with him. What episode was that? That was that was celebrity so cringe. So what had happened? You met Adrian Childs. He was really nice, but it was something at the back of your he head was that really kept kind. Yeah. Like, yeah. he sounds amazing. I would love to be Adrian Jones. My, he was so kind. He got... Sorry, what were you going to say? But my dad is all the time, like... Because my dad's a West Bromwich Albion fan and Adrian Charles is a West Bromwich Albion fan and Frank Skinner is a West Bromwich Albion fan. And he keeps going to me, like, why aren't you meeting up with these people? They could help your career. You both support the same football team. And I'm like, it's not like that, Dad. Like, <laughs> they can't help me this way. Well, look, I don't want to repeat that Adrian Charles thinks it because he, he will he'll find out about it. Yeah. And I said that on the pod because I'm in this cupboard I thought it won't go out on the BBC and it's safe and then it did go in the edit and now I'm not going to get to go to his house in Croatia because he because he like gave me his number and was like if you're ever in Croatia like but you will you will because like I can't the thing I did was too bad but all you did was say what a nice person he was all the time like so you did an article years ago referring to Adrian Childs's not good looking that was the thing you said that if a person if a woman looked like adrian childs or the equivalent that she mm. wouldn't get on television the same way that adrian childs would and that's just yes. making a point about feminism and the patriarchy and stuff yes. that's not going i'm sure adrian Childs would agree with you i'm telling you now i think he's a good man and he will let you go to his uh his second home in Croatia. <laughs> so basically he invited you to his holiday house and now you're worried that he's going to find out that you wrote years ago if a woman looked like Adrian Charles she'd never be allowed on the telly. So I was sitting doing the radio with him 
And I was like, what's the bad thing? What the bad thing did I do to Adrian Childs? Because I haven't met him. And he was like, here, Fern, have another non-alcoholic beer. By the way, I love your stand-up. And he starts referencing specific parts so he mm. wasn't, like, lying. And I was like, he's such a deeply good person. And then he, like, walked me back to my hotel after, not in a weird way. And he was like, here's my number if you're ever in Croatia. And I was like, fuck, I fucking wrote an article saying that he was minging and, like, no one would get on telly if they were a woman that looked like Adrian Childs. Do you know what? I would also feel awkward about accepting his hospitality in his Croatian mansion. However, <laughs> had I written that, however, this, this is getting bigger I bigger. don't think you were just doing sort of trolling Adrian Charles. You were saying there's a double standard and he yeah. was an example of that double standard. I think he would agree with you yeah. that it was unlikely he that because most female presenters are stereotypically attractive and there's a sort of limited band of beauty for female presenters and there isn't for male presenters. So I think it's fine. And Adrian Charles... If you're listening, I would love you to be the bigger person and reiterate to Fern Brady that she can not just come to your Croatian mansion, but she can invite friends there and have it for a week when yes. lockdown's over. And it, in fact, she should bring some guilty feminist friends along. I would like to go to a feminist retreat. Yes. His girlfriends, the editor, Kath Viner, the editor of The Guardian, she definitely listens to this podcast. She's well, been perfect. on it. She's great, Kath Viner. She's been on the podcast. We did a whole oh. episode about the Guardian and supporting the Guardian. And the slogan the Guilty Famous came up with is you have to pay for a free press. So why wasn't I invited to their Croatian house? This is it. This is the- <laughs> That's my question. <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Kath Viner, disappointed not to have an invitation to the Croatian house. This is how you turned it We should have used another example from the podcast. <laughs> okay, use another example. What stories have you told or have other people told that really stand out for you? The sex one, I think, Fern. <laughs> the sex one. Go so on. The, the, the story that Fern had told, it was, you had your eyes closed. I, it was like you were giving birth and I had to hold your hand. And I was like, it's fine, Fern. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> Tell the story. Well, Go on. But also to explain... Our sound editor, I like love Irish guys in a way that's like, I would say fetishistic and insulting <laughs> to them. And um, the way I am, like, sound it, men. it's fine, it's fine. I go out with one, and every time I remember he's Irish, it's like a prize, and like he hates that. I can't help it though, it's, what, it's really wired into me. But anyway, our sound engineer, oh, this is going to sound like I'm a creep to Jacques now. Our sound engineer is a really lovely Irish guy and he's normally quite, like, straight-faced. But on the day we did the sex episode, he was like, how are you, Fern? And really, like, smiley and nice. And I was like, don't be nice to me because I want to tell this horrible story. And I have this thing, like I said at the top of the episode, I don't like to be stand-up Fern in front of, like, fit people. I want to be, like, cutie patootie Fern and be like, oh, oh, me? Oh, I don't eat food. Like, the first date I went on with my boyfriend, he said I ordered this, like, dieter's 500-calorie pizza that had a hole in the middle, so it had less calories. Uh. I was like, why did you do all that stuff? Because people don't care about that. So I really will do things like that in front of men. Mm. I hate it. Anyway. You've been conditioned, socially conditioned to do it, Fern. I you, it, we all have. We all have. We all fight that instinct. To be like, exactly. oh, well, just I mean, me. I really do. Just a little bit. So tell us the story. Do you want me to? So it's about bad sex. I would say 
Because well, both... I was trying to have good sex. Yeah. Do you want me happened. to say it first? Yeah, I think... yeah, sorry, you say it. Are you sure? Okay. So, <laughs> I feel... I was trying to have good sex, and I if you clench your pelvic floor muscle, that's like good, right? Yeah, that's a good thing to do. And I was, but I was stoned at the time, so I was trying to clench my pelvic floor muscle, and I farted in a guy's face when he was going to turn on. Said, don't use me and your material, and I was like, I don't need you. <laughs> I said, I don't. I said, I've never done it to you. He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners at home, it's been a <laughs> What I love about that story is that, like, it's like. It's like you're jumping off a cliff fern and you're going like two steps really slow and then you have to really run for it. So you're like, and I put it in his mouth like that. It's always so quick. It's like, so it's clenched my pelvic floor muscle. And then I put it in his mouth and he went down on me. It's like you're bobbing in an I'm sorry, Deborah. No, no, I'm coping. I'm coping. I'm a feminist, and uh, but I'm coping. I'm just about coping with this story. I don't like scatology of any sort. I can't help it. I want to be better at this. I want to be better at this. It's patriarchal conditioning that I'm not allowed to laugh at this. But I swear down. I swear down. Like the thing about the thing about starting during sex. It's like it is. It is a worse nightmare. It's like, you know what I mean. And it's so possible every time. It's more possible than a shark attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm as well, afraid. That's almost certainly true. Yeah, starting <laughs> sex is definitely more possible than a than a shark attack. But yeah, I treat the both both of them like similarly. Like if I think about that, it fills my heart with fear. You know, I'm just like, no, no, I can't. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But 
But see, that's an example of something that it is quite feminist to talk about, I think, because that will have happened to a lot of people. A lot of people have that fear. But mm. nobody nobody wants to like talk about it. So it's like if it happens to you, you think I'm the only person this has ever happened to because I've never heard about it. Yeah. Um, what's <laughs> your favorite story, Alison, for the podcast that you've told? Well, the, I think like, the worst story I had to tell was like this week, Fern, what about periods? Like, because I've been such a like, I don't know, as a woman, you're brought up never to talk about periods. I kind mm. of, I kind of feel weird about the whole period thing that you have to pretend you don't have them. You know, you have to mm. sort it and you have to like hide it from people. And it's all like, like you're wiping away tears for it. I love it. No, this. I was going to say, I feel like the friends that we have now, I feel like we are bad people for not using moon cups, but I don't want to use one. No, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, like there's a lot of uh, so the periods, the period episode came out and there's a lot of we had to do an extra episode on periods because the bad sex. We had so many voicemails on just um, period, period sex. sex, period sex, period and, sex is its own whole thing. Yeah, there's this voice note we get in about this woman having sex with, and she had a moon cup in it. And uh, I've never I've never like the imagery that comes up is crazy, but I it was amazing. Yeah. But when I was telling my story, and I don't think it is even necessarily like that embarrassing or that crazy, but it is something that like I've compartmentalized fully down into me. It's like there are levels of shame and levels of embarrassment that feel cathartic to talk about, but there are some bits that are just so that you've pushed down so much, like like firing and the farting thing. Uh, you know genuinely that it feels like physically hard to take it out like I couldn't even look at Fern and it was just about it and it only happened to be like two months ago I was like on a shoot and I was I knew I was on my period and I fully like I double bagged it I you know I was protected I had a tampon and a, like I can't even say it on a pad right that's okay I'm a I didn't, woman. A, I didn't know that was a thing what d- double bagging it like to yeah, I'm so clueless. What's double bagging it? Well, that's when someone puts on two condoms. It's a pretend okay. bit of slang. I thought it might be that, but I wanted to just clarify. Yeah. I think it's in the song. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got it. Oh, I yes, know. it is. Yeah. We talked about, we talked about the lyrics to that one day, double bagging. Yes, we did on the podcast. We talked about it. Let's pretend they were talking about period protection. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the way you menstruate. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> <laughs> no diggity. No diggity. Um, so I went to the shoot. I'm like, I'm burning up though. And I feel it's my duty to say it because Fern has been so kind to say her one. And like, mm. uh, um, and like, I wish, okay. So it's, so I was there and it was a COVID compliant shoot. So there wasn't that many people there. There was only two chairs and I sat in a chair and I felt fully confident, Deborah. I was like, I, you know, I'd made myself a flask of tea, sandwiches. I was fully prepped for that, that day. It was my professional duty. Anyway, got up off the chair and there it was. Uh, like just, just, it was like the Shroud of Turin, just a big stain left on the director's chair. Now there's about eight people on this shoot and two chairs. And I put, I ran, I, I ran, I sorted myself out. And the toilet, I left my coat on the thing to cover it. Came back, coat was gone, right? It was just there. <laughs> no. And all through the shoot, I kept trying to cover it. I got hand sanitizer. I got like a half a litre of hand sanitizer. I was trying to wash it off. And each time 
I covered it up with a coat, came back, it was gone. Oh and uh, I ended up having to tell the producer lady because I just didn't want, I didn't, it's very hard when you tell someone that you've stained their furniture with menstruation. You're really with your putting, vagina. Yeah, it's you're very really, tricky, that conversation. Yeah, you're putting your life into their hands. You're like, I'm giving you this piece of information. Now you could go and tell everyone about this or you could be the bigger person and keep this to you. And also like, you know, I'm sorry, but this is not my first rodeo. Like, I just feel at 31, I should not be imprinting myself on stuff. I it's feel it's such a, real a telltale thing. mark as well. It is. It like, really you could is. have done a real I'm a feminist and I free bleed thing. <laughs> yeah. What? At your COVID compliant shoot, I've decided to free bleed. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you've hired. <laughs> <laughs> My brand is quite clear. Yeah, could you imagine that on a blind items if I ever got famous enough to be like, Alison Spittle free bleeds everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you would handle it very elegantly, Deborah, and just be like, and people, it would just be okay. If I free bled, no, no, no. I would be tempted to walk away, I think. I would be tempted just to... But I don't know. I don't know what I would do. But the right thing to do is what you did, is to go to the producer and go, I'm really sorry. There's been an accident. Someone was killed. <laughs> the police have come in. They've dealt with the body. The homicide is being dealt with. You don't need to worry about that. I've handled that. The only evidence of this death now is there's some blood on that chair, but I'm sure you can sort that out. You're the producer. That's the right thing. Even as I start to say the right thing to do. I lied. I lied in my example of the right thing to do because I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Yeah, it's and- not... There's it's been a homicide of a very of an elf or a borrower. leprechaun, a pixie, some <laughs> small person, and the, the the don't worry the 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 authorities are handling it. But in the meantime, could we get a new chair for the director because there's some elfin blood on it and quite a lot of hand sanitizer as well. And I was like, I think the people must have known as well because I was like having conversations with people and just scrubbing like mad, just going, oh yeah, it's great to be out, you know? And just, I was like old time washerwoman kind of thing, just like scraping it with my knuckles. It was oh horrible. Yeah. Well, you know what, that's another example of, I think it's, this podcast is so funny, but I, I, I do think talking about these embarrassing stories, there's a value in it. There is a genuine feminist value in it. The one that I had to stop the podcast because of the laughing was Siobhan McSweeney, who's done this podcast before. She's been on it. She plays um, Sister Michael in Derry Girls and she now does host the Pottery Throwdown. She's a very, very funny person in general. But on your podcast, most people on Wheel of Misfortune will go, so when I was a teenager, this happened. Yeah. Or when I was at university, I got so drunk, I, I did X, Y, and Z. Siobhan comes on and goes, so it was that interim period of lockdown where we were allowed out for like six weeks to go into a bar, but only with for business or something like that. And she went, so last Wednesday, I was like, what? last wednesday no this isn't the game the game is i was young i was foolish youth is wasted on the young i didn't know what i was doing i'm a different person now i've grown i've changed i've evolved and she went basically said last wednesday i went out with a friend he said i've got to get up and get on the eurostar in the morning so i cannot have a late one i can't have a messy one but i was celebrating a job and i was like all right all right and he kept saying it like i was the problem so I was so annoyed with how he was going, I know what you're like, you'll keep me out. Mm. That Every time we went to the bar, I ordered another bottle of wine and another really pernicious cocktail, basically, <laughs> out of sort of rebellious spite that like, stop going on, stop saying I'm the one that leads you astray. 
as if to prove his point, she kept getting more and more booze <laughs> until eventually. <laughs> so they were so drunk. They started chatting to a man and he said, what do you do? And she said, I'm a school teacher. And her friend turned to her like, you're not. Um, <laughs> she was just so drunk. And then out of nowhere, a teenager came up obviously a Dairy Girls fan, and went, I really love you so much. Can I get a selfie with you? And this man must have been thinking, wow, she must be a brilliant teacher if her students ask for selfies. And she said yes, and she then she just fell off. This I might be telling this wrongly, but she just my memory is she just fell off the bar stool and rolled. And rolled and rolled. <laughs> she rolled out of the bar and she rolled through Soho like a barrel, was her words. And I it's hard she to got, explain why it was funny, but it was. When she got home, the her friend was with her and he was going, shit, shit. It was like six o'clock in the morning or something. He'd lost his phone. He'd lost his Eurostar ticket, which was on the phone. He was like, oh, no, I meant to go to Paris, blah, 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 blah. And she just said something like, oh, you'll be grand or something like that. Something very Irish. Yeah. What did she say? Something Say something Irish, Alison, that uh, that you might say in that circumstance. I'd say you'll be grand as the Irish. I'd say that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So can I try? I'm going to try that. You'll be grand. That's that's better than Emily Blunt that's and and then she said I woke up in the morning face down on my bed my coat still on but nothing else it was like it was like (laughs) naked bag I think a bag was strapped over a body nothing else that's it yeah 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 handbag strapped over a body nothing else and I just, I was in tears laughing at the idea of Siobhan rolling out of a bar, <laughs> giving a friend from a, like a job, like, and because he'd gone, I'm not going out with you because of this. No, it's one quick drink to celebrate my success. Cut we were two. crying laughing that episode. That yeah. She's still the funniest. Yeah. Her and Lottie from Bake Off. Lottie's like a comedian. Oh, I love Lottie from Bake Off. I haven't heard that episode. Please tell us what did Lottie from Bake Off say? It was all about tattoos. So we're doing a <gasps> tattoo episode. And like just the choices that Lottie has made over the years has been hilarious. And she because she's a fan she of the podcast. She's so cool. Yeah, yeah, she's so cool. But she kind of got she got it straight away. Like it's great to have guests like yourself and people that like have listened to the podcast and they kind of like know the vibe of it, you know? And she she was on the vibe. Um, like she was an amazing guest to get. She's a fan of the podcast, so she like DM'd me and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and, uh, but she just seems so cool. But yeah, her her tattoos are really, really, really. What were her tattoos? <laughs> she 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 did uh, like incubus. She's got an incubus tattoo. It's an incubus lyrics, but they were like the wrong lyrics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and she yeah. doesn't even like the band that much. She's got like a werewolf or a female werewolf yeah. tattooed on her. Really, beware of the Jedward the Jedward sayings. Don't <laughs> don't tattoo yourself with Jedward tweets. I I'll really feel like it's gonna date. I'm gonna give myself a cool enough period of two weeks, all right, and I'll see if I feel the same way. But I mean, be a leader, not a little bitch. No, I know listen, it's some feminist. I right. know. I know you're gonna get this tattoo. <laughs> But I'm going to say two things. One is Jedward tweets are going to date to the pandemic year. Yeah. And you may not want to remember this year for the rest of your life so prominently. Number two, if you are going to get it, can I beg you to get it sort of on like – on your ankle or or like a little inside of the arm or even even or a lower a back. Journal. A lower so back. Would, I'm gonna get would, a Jedward lower back tattoo. Can I, you imagine? I, I'm <laughs> I'm begging you not to get it on your neck. 
I don't want to be your mum, Alison Spittle, but somebody has to if your mum is not informed because I bet your mum would say absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, not. she'd be very against it. She'd be very against it. I'm going to ring your mum and tell her. <laughs> Alison's going to get a Jedward tweet tattoo. That is the worst idea I or anyone has ever heard. I'm, maybe it's because I've just drank a lot of apple juice and I'm on a bit of a sugar high, but it just feels, it, it feels right. It feels so right. It does. It feels so right. Can you mm. tell us some of the embarrassing stories that listeners have sent in? Oh, the listener voice notes. It's my favourite bit of the podcast because like, we get to hear like the different kind of people that listen to our podcast and they're very different from each other. They're very different from each other. It's just it's just amazing. But you must get this, Deborah, with like the good feminist when people contact you from like loads of different places. And we, d- it's kind of weird because I felt that like because... I, I I know this sounds weird because I'm Irish and friend Scottish and we do a lot of like a lot of our stuff is like local references I feel to stuff I didn't know that we would get the international listenership that we've got so far from the voice notes yeah we've got someone in Argentina who's using the podcast to learn English and someone else in Russia who's using it to learn English I don't think that's a good idea I don't mean to no. be a naysayer yeah. that's as good idea as having a Jedward tweet to neck tattoo don't listen to your podcast to learn English it's full of filth can you imagine the Duolingo with our sentences in it somebody asked me today by the way on Instagram what is a queef because we spoke about it on the podcast and they didn't know what a queef was they're so lucky not to know. I know. So I had to then type. I've never felt that this would be part of my job where I had to type what a queef was. Like I'm Susie Dent in Dictionary Corner. Like, <laughs> I, I thought, um, like filthy Susie Dent. Like a filthy Susie Dent. Yeah, like a filthy Susie Dent going queef. I believe it's the Latin or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we should tell. This is the um, one of my favourite ones recently is the one in the episode out today about periods. This girl was having sex with another girl and uh, it was her period. The girl who sent in the message and um, she was like, she was really well spoken. And she was like, this is quite saucy, but I was on all fours. And uh, <laughs> the girl who was fingering her said something went wrong. And basically like the suction from her moon cup, <gasps> it sort of dislodged or something. And uh, the girl who she was having sex with was like, I think something's wrong. So her listener turned over and as she did, did the biggest queef and blood sprayed across the room. (laughs) And she was like, I don't know what kind of lesbian doesn't know what a queef is, but the girl she was having sex with said, go and do your farts over there. (laughs) Just like, made her go stand in a corner. That's, That's a lot to unpack. I mean... The imagery number one, and I'm very it's something weird about doing this on the Guilty Feminist as well, because like it feels, I don't know, I I love the listenership that I'm on, but yet like when we do our, it's like we're showing other people our dirty little secrets or something like that. It feels, do you know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, it's all out on the Guilty Feminist tonight. I love it. I love it. I love the <laughs> fact that. I mean, this is the stuff we actually don't talk about on The Guilty Feminist because of my squeamishness. And actually, oh, is it I my... Oh, I didn't know. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I run the tone of this show and I would never go there because I, oh, I feel okay. uncomfortable. <laughs> but I love that you do because what I'm saying it's the missing piece of feminism that I am not serving the public. I mean, there are many missing pieces of well, feminism I'm not serving the know, public. <laughs> do you I don't think I'm, I don't think it's the exclusive piece, but it's a piece of feminism <laughs> where I go, I, 
I'm like the queen. I don't go to the loo. But we're not for your shame. Like the, the thing is like, you know, when there's other people who are just like, I don't feel shame about this and I don't feel like shame about that. I'm full of shame. Like this physically hurts me to listen about it or talk about it. But <laughs> it, like it does. And it's so like, it's, it's a it's, very Catholic podcast. Basically. It's a very Catholic podcast. I mean, we've spoken about St. Bernard. <laughs> like, Who's St. Bernard? St. Bernard is this, like, he's my favourite saint. One of his miracles consisted of him praying and then the Virgin Mary appeared to him and lactated into his mouth. Like, that's the oh, thing that she did. right. And the depictions of it, like in um, art have been amazing because they don't want to show like a mouth up to a nipple because they would feel that that's overly sexualized. I've so seen it's pictures just... of him though. Have you seen pictures of it? Oh it's yeah, like... there's paintings, Renaissance paintings and stuff of him. Yeah, absolutely. She's like a super soaker. <laughs> I love it. Like I find it so like, yeah, we're. I think it's that weird Catholic guilt that we have that like, and I think I've said this many times before, but there's half the time, I don't know whether, like sometimes I have to assess myself and go to myself Am I mentally ill or is this the residual Catholicism in me? Like that is a question I say to myself all the time. It's hard. I, don't, I feel like we're kind of free. We're freeing ourselves of shame, but we're not quite free. Is, would you agree with that, Fern? Well, I was going to say in terms of talking about the Catholic stuff again and the saints, I, I did some coursing about um, the way women were depicted in uh, stories of the saints. I think this was at uni. And they would always make a point of when female saints got cut, they would uh, bleed. They didn't bleed; uh, just milk would come out because they were so pure. So we're kind of undoing all of that by having these queef period blood stories. You were demilking. Well, it's no coincidence <laughs> that the most popular episode because I think some people have been like, "Oh, they just delight in all this disgusting stuff." But yeah, we the Daily Mail do an article about us, and that felt so strange. But I do think there should be more, um, well, because women are so ashamed of their bodily functions and obsessed with being clean and nice. So Yeah. Well, what weirds me out about the Daily Mail is that they go on about, or like, you know, often you hear free speech defenders go on about like how you can't say anything in comedy anymore. But yet when we're being attacked by a right wing newspaper, about you know the subjects that we talk about they were saying what was it because we did an episode on poo and they were like this is puerile and so and I feel like it wouldn't be we, we wouldn't be known as puerile if we weren't women and it mm. just it's very strange the silence from the community of people that believe in freedom of speech with comedy they keep quiet about that sort of stuff they keep mm. quiet when a national paper calls out a small podcast and I know it's on the BBC, but like yeah. they were they were trying to say that license fee payers are paying for this puerile stuff. And it's like we're just doing a podcast that's entertaining. And uh I mean it's excruciatingly funny and like pant wettingly <laughs> funny. I mean, I've got embarrassing stories about listening to your podcast and wetting myself. <laughs> that's the irony. I'm looking at some of your themes recently and then trying mm. to come up with stories that I would tell if I was on this episode. So celeb oh, shame. Please, this is brilliant. Celeb shame with Tom well. Allen. Yeah. I don't know what story Tom Allen told, but this would be my celeb shame. I met Ed Billiband at a party. Yeah. And he said, and if you're a global listener, he used to be a Labour Party leader and he didn't win the election and then resigned as Labour Party leader. So I met him at a party and he said, he was introduced to me and he was like, oh, I really love your podcast, The Guilty Feminist. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I, I also enjoy your podcast, Ed Miliband, 
Reasons to be Cheerful, just his podcast. And I said, um, what's your main job now? What do you do for work? And he went, I'm still an MP. <laughs> and I went, of course you are. Of course you are. And he went, no, that's what everyone says. They think I'm not an MP anymore just because I'm not the leader of the Labour Party. I went, no, no, no. It's just that um, it's just that Tories always resign from the whole thing if they're not going to be, you know, important. Not that you're not important, Ed Miliband. You are important. But I, I said, you know, often Labour MPs will stick around, won't they? Won't they, Ed Miliband? And he went, yes, I'm still an MP. And then, like... Four minutes later, after me saying this and backpedaling massively, like, beep, 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 this truck is reversing. Four minutes later, four minutes later, he just went, well, it's my bedtime. I'd better go. And I was like, oh, well, night, night. An hour and a half later, I saw him talking to someone else at the party. Oh, oh that's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Oh, fair. Oh, my oh, God, I wish Deborah. you'd been able to do that on the podcast. Yeah. This, this is, is the thing of trying to capture all the best stories. This is great that we get a second chance at this. Fern, is there anything else you came to say that you did not get to say? Absolutely. I have a stand-up special on iPlayer called Power and Chaos. Please watch it. <laughs> Great. It's on iPlayer, Power and Chaos. And follow Fern Brady in all the regular ways. Are you Fern Brady on everything? I'm at Fern from Bathgate on Instagram and at Fern Brady on Twitter. Great. So follow Fern and please subscribe to the podcast. It is genuinely brilliant. And it will it helps me talk about these things more and laugh about these things more because I I think I'm quite repressed and I feel like a Jane Austen heroine yeah, who's very repressed and it's all I shut down. And I then I, with you guys, I'm able to laugh about it. And yeah. it's so good. It's so good to be able to kind of laugh and be ridiculous. Fern Brady, everybody! <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. Now, like a lot of people, we are deeply concerned about the UK policing bill and what it means for all of us in this country. The part we're focusing on is the clamp down on protests, which will mean that the police can warn protesters that they're being noisy and annoying, which is kind of the definition of a protest, and then make arrests if protesters don't comply or don't hear. I mean, that's really the same thing as saying it will be illegal to protest about anything ever. We need to fight for our right to be noisy and annoying or accept that we just have to take whatever legislation this government or any subsequent government decides to enact. That's why this is the most important part of this bill for us. If other parts pass, we need to be able to protest about those. You'll be hearing more about this as the bill gets closer to becoming law, but we're kicking off with a live stream emergency episode on Thursday, the 29th of April, 7.30pm UK time. I'll be joined by Femi Olawale, Juliet Stevenson and other special guests, and we'll try and figure out what to do to preserve our right to be noisy and annoying. Now, we are starting a campaign. We've got ideas and we're going to start a campaign. So it would be great if you could be there, friends and family could be there. We are reaching across the political divide on this because anybody who wants their right to speak up needs to be concerned about this if they want to continue to live in a democracy. To get your ticket, go to momenthouse.com slash guilty feminist and use the promo code protest in caps to get a discounted ticket. If you're a frontline worker, NHS worker, student, teacher, or you're in receipt of benefits or experiencing financial hardship. Please join us to defend our right to be hashtag noisy and annoying before it's too late.
And finally, as lockdown lifts, it looks as if we are going to be able to record some new episodes in front of real live audiences again. Our first show back with a live but socially distanced audience is going to be Monday the 17th of May, once more at King's Place in London at 7.30pm. Get your tickets now by going to kingsplace.co.uk. All of these events and more can be found on our website, guiltyfeminist.com, or check out the links in our show notes. And while we're talking about human rights... So, (laughs) these are thoughts that I've written down in the past little while until I get to do stand-up again. It's exciting for me. So for this lockdown, right, uh, my boyfriend is learning the keyboard and I've developed an eye infection. Like, that is the extent of my creative endeavour. The other day, I uh, put some moisturiser on my eye by accident and it stung quite a bit. And I just thought, why not keep it in just to see how it feels for a little while because I just wanted to feel a bit different which is uh, very effective. Um, Oh yeah, this is it. So I've decided to grow my own food to save money on food. And I've grown uh, carrots and tomatoes and potatoes. And I looked at, on my balcony. No. I I swear to God, I'm I'm living my real life Farmville dreams. Like, you know, Farmville has just been like uh, taken down. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it real life. So I'm growing stuff on my balcony. And I got like um, some tomatoes on the go, some strawberries. Wow. It's, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live off the land, which is my balcony. And yeah. uh, I'm going to save so much money on uh, food. I realized I spent 200 quid on gardening stuff. So that food <laughs> is not worth it. Like the, the supermarket exists for a reason. It's a very good thing. <laughs> like stuff for 50p you can't beat that i'm never gonna i'm never gonna uh, save money growing stuff and also it just gives me an anxiety about stuff dying around me that i didn't think i needed before you know i have that with my relatives i don't need it with stuff i buy or i'm just worried about them dying all the time <laughs> um also i've taken up like physical activity i've nice. been doing zumba online which has been good fun. I realized before I was always curious about Zumba. I always wanted to do Zumba, but I was scared because I'd heard a rumor that um, Scientologists are involved in Zumba and that they will try and recruit you through Zumba. So I never did Zumba in the real world. Is that true? Well, you see, I don't think it is. To be honest with you, Deborah, this is the thing with me, right? You could tell me the a whiff of a rumor to stop me doing physical activity and I will believe it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's my thing. I realized the patriarchy never... invented walks. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, aerobics is very problematic. I don't know how, but I've heard <laughs> it is. So I, I don't do it. And uh, yeah, I, I just realized that, like, number one, I am a person that went into a Scientology office because I had a half an hour to kill and just wanted to see what the videos were like, you know? And so I'm not that afraid of being a Scientologist. I like yeah. that. I thought like, oh, Zumba would recruit me, but going into their office would be fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I've got a strong, steely mind. I could go into the offices and take the personality test in inverted commas, but Zumba, I don't think so. No, Zumba. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm I'm vulnerable. Like yeah, you know, I would do anything probably to stop doing physical activity. Maybe that's what they do. But like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, don't like. Uh, I definitely, definitely don't know. 
that Scientologists are involved in Zumba. And like, it's, you know, it's, it's just about me believing rumors rather than uh, besmirching Zumba. But I love it online. I love it. And I kind of hate that people are right that exercise does feel good. Like, mm. do you know, do you know when you're sweating, you feel the endorphins and you're like, oh, yeah. that wanker was right. Because it's yeah. always said by a wanker, you know, oh, you feel great. You'll feel great. And I hate it when they're right. I hate it when they're right. Do you know, like going to the gym is a lot like watching, and this is a very deep cut, but it's like watching a Michael Haneke film. Like uh, Michael Haneke is this Austrian director who every time, it's, it's, it's just very intense to watch his uh, films and I'm all the time like I go I'm not in the mood to watch it and then you know I do it I watch it and then I'm like oh this is great I should watch this I should watch a lot more of his films would be a lot more enriching but then it is like the gym you know you think straight after the gym you're like I should do this all the time and then you're like oh I've done my bit you know and you don't do it for weeks after so this is a uh, <laughs> this is how I feel um oh yeah this is the other thing Deborah. I realized when I was a kid, I'm still afraid of dying. But when I was a kid, I was afraid of dying. But I thought if I became famous, then I would kind of live forever. Because I used to read like the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I love the biology section where you're listening. You're reading about uh, people that have done good or people that have done not even good things, but like big things. And I was like, well, if I do that when I'm older and if people remember me after I died, then it wouldn't be like I died. But like, to be honest with you, life has hit me hard so much that my my expectations for that have gone down. And I think like I would just like a sandwich named after me at this stage. <laughs> That's what I would like. And the I, Alison Spittle. The Alison Spittle. What would can, be on the Alison Spittle? It's a brown demi baguette roll mm. with uh, cheese, mm. uh, stuffing, mm. chicken. If, if mm. you're vegetarian, you don't have to have chicken, but it needs to be stuffing, cheese and coleslaw. That that tree way and it needs to be like hollowed out, and you that would do be that the other faux spittle. chicken. Yeah, you have a faux chicken, but I've had it without. I was a vegetarian, and I used to get uh, I used to get my uh, my cafeteria to make me that. But that that is is the Allison spill, and that is my role, and that's what I would like to do. I think like you just need to when you're older, your ambitions go down, and now yeah. I'm like, I just want a role named after me, and it's perfect. It's what, so if you true. were a sandwich, what would you be called? What would you be in you, Deborah? John Ham. I'm I'm slightly hoping I talk about Lola's lashes a lot the magnetic eyelashes because they've changed my life okay would you like a sandwich I can't put on faux lashes but I can do the magnetic ones with the magnetic eyeliner and Lola's lashes I I don't work for them but Grace Petrie now secretly thinks I'm Lola and I'm pushing my lashes because I talk about (laughs) them so much but I'm not but I'd love Lola's lashes to name a lash the guilty feminist that would be like I'm a feminist, but I'd rather have fake eyelashes named after me than a sandwich. That's fair. <laughs> I think that's the most ever Francis White sentence I've ever heard in my life as well. That's beautiful. That's it's beautiful. The no, I want it's the glamour. glamour. I want a lipstick named after me. I want a lipstick named after me. I want a cocktail named after me. I don't really want a sandwich. I but I'll be- take it. God, if there's a deli, <laughs> if there's a deli out there wanting to do the guilty feminist, the guilty feminist sandwich is probably something like light mayo. It's like mm-hmm. your kind of do you know what I mean? It's like yes. something that's got like a touch of the, oh, I mustn't about it. Yeah, you need like, I think that light mayo, maybe if you hide a jalapeno pepper in as well, so you mm. don't know when you're going to get it and then it's there. <laughs> It'll be like a little landmine or something, just a little jalapeno pepper hidden what in is, the sandwich. Do you mean there's like a mini phallic symbol in there? Yes, yeah, yeah, because it's a guilty feminist. <laughs> so, 
though, enjoyable. Like, enjo- enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Oh yeah, and this is the other thing. So I've kind of um, I've given up Twitter. I am addicted. I fully am addicted to Twitter. Like someone told me today about the Jedward boys, and I was like, I have to see. I have to see them. Like the Jedward boys at the moment are calling out people on Twitter, and it's beautiful. But it's making me kind of reassess what I tweet. Like. Like You've I, come off Twitter, so you're not tweeting anything. Well, like I tweet Wheel of Misfortune stuff. You know, I keep promoting stuff, but I don't tweet my opinions. I and that's really hard because I've got so many opinions on stuff. Like, who am I going to tell Deborah that I love every one of the Gogglebox families, even the ones I suspect of being Tories? Like, <laughs> I love them so much. Uh, that's how <laughs> I feel. So I, I have this. I'm going to save up all the tweets that I want to say and then yes. them to you. Oh, fantastic! You could be my Twitter vessel. Did you did you message me yes the other day saying, "Who am I going to tell my that I think I love all the goggle boxes, even the even the ones I think are Tories? Who who am I going to say that to? My boyfriend once? Oh yes, I did. I say that on the Guild Feminist before. I must have. No, you said it to me. I think you said it to me. Oh my god! In private, and I was just (laughs) laughed and laughed at the idea of who am I going to say it to? My boyfriend once? Like that's going to be good enough? Yeah, like it's not, you know, I am the person that seeks the validation of strangers. Like I have to admit that. So yeah, it's it's a journey. It's a journey for me. And uh, but I really enjoyed my time being on the Guild Feminist Twitter page. And like I love all the listeners and the interactions we have, but it's too much for me. I'm just I am addicted. It does take away time for me so bad. Oh yeah. Time and energy and focus and it's all oh. it, it makes you small. It sort of like puts you down a little tunnel. Keeps yeah. you on your phone doing this when you need to be out and up and big. That's so true. Big vision. That's that, This is why I love being friends with you, Deborah. Like, you know, you make me feel big. Yeah. 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 But that's that's all the bits I have, I think. Alison Sprinkle, everybody. Um, can you tell us your favourite listener voice note for The Wheel of Misfortune? There's one, this is out of the, the piss episode. A man got very, very drunk. He was at a house party and uh, he went into this uh, bathroom and he's taking a leak. And then he looked at the floor and he's like, why are there loads of carrots on the floor? And then he felt a hand on his shoulder and uh, the owner of the house was shouting at him, stop pissing in my fridge. And <gasps> it turned out he was he was pissing in a man's fridge. No! Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst story I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Oh, babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, that is a faux pas. You know, you do leave the house in disgrace if you piss in someone's fridge. I'm excited to listen to more. Uh, mm. I do think it's probably doing me good. I'm a little bit like, I wish I could release those sides of me and go, it's only human bodily functions. What does it matter? But I find it hard. I do find it hard. And I know it's conditioning. I know it's social conditioning of what ladies should like and what ladies should talk about. And so yeah. I uh, I use your show as a, as a sort of conduit to release some of those uh, those repressions. So thank you very much for doing it, Alison Spittle. Woo! Thank you. have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis, my guest co-host, Alison Spittle, and our very special guest, Fern Brady. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon and the producer was Tom Salitsky for the spontaneity shop. Thanks to Rachel Crawford, Gina DCO, and everyone who made this episode happen, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com.
characters that tattoo is they follow you and hardly anyone else on Twitter. I see. I see. Does your we boyfriend were talking know about, about whether we could <laughs> look? I've got, a I've got a laminated list, and it's just Jedward. Both of them, though, at the same time. That's what it would have to be. It was. Were they tweeting about? Have we started the podcast? By the way, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. I was going to say like. I was going to talk about this something is, like, This is the guilty feminist and you're on it. Whatever you say we can and will be held against you in the feminist court of opinion. So, court of public I thought we opinion. were having a practice. Uh, is, I can see the emails flying in now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com